it's weird because I was just editing our episode on naked and husbands, which feels like a world away now that I it see does. It. it does. That was a whole quarantine ago. It was. Was it before the quarantine or right as it started? Before, like a week or two before. Mm. March? No, not that far. No, I was in my personal quarantine. Oh, I was going to say. I was going to say, there's no way you're backed up that far. Well. So this week, uh, I, I guess we'll just jump right in. We have our, our good friend, Brandon Sanju, who we've been trying to get on the podcast many a time. He's been referenced on the podcast schedule. many a yeah, time. Very busy I, got a, I got a decent mic. So we all have the same mic. We do. Any any audio differences you hear between all, all three of us is user error. Human <laughs> error. We're also in three different places. So yeah. true. Wait, no. Okay, yeah. No. You are in three different places. I thought you meant like in a in a larger scale. Because me and Sanju live decently close to each other, but yeah, Jacob's in two I think you you could literally be in rooms next to each other. And that still would count as different places when it comes to audio recording. It's true. It is true. Well, uh, Brandon Sanju has a new-ish YouTube account that he's been doing uh, video essays. His most recent one is about feel-good movies, comfort films, I believe, as he called them. And uh, it's some pretty good content, so check him out. Brandon, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, so I've been making some YouTube videos. But I am a filmmaker, screenwriter, and uh, we all went to school together and made some films together. Uh, Jake and I are awaiting a horror short that we're currently editing. Saw a cut of it fairly recently. It's coming along. I'm excited to show you guys. I'm excited to see it eventually. Hopefully it's we're I not going to pull a Meaning of Death, a.k.a. Chandler's short film. <laughs> I just I just signed off on the audio file this morning. Thank you oh, look much. at that. I'm so excited. Thank you. Very so much. excited. There's progress, but it feels like years we wait for well, each incremental yeah. step. We take our time. Yeah, I feel that. Same like some we had some like hiccups and stuff. And then we finally got everything shot. And then quarantine happened. And Joey, our editor, lives in Vegas or he's from Vegas. And so he just went home and he didn't grab like he just rushed back. because He didn't know what was going on. So he had to come back to get his like desktop and all that. And so that like had a delay. And then we had like one thing after another with like hard drives. So it's, it's taken a while to, to edit, but we're, we're getting there. We're at like a, we're almost at a picture lock. I'd say. Can I just say that the editing process during quarantine is fucking terrible. It's awful. Cause it's, awful. it's nothing but emails and people misinterpreting those emails yep. and then editing it wrong. And then you having to clarify what your previous email meant with the new email that they'll also get wrong. It's great. It's a fun process. <laughs> I feel like that's, so that's now, how a lot of it's going to be. That's, that's yeah. the professional world of yep. me, Brenton and Joey have just been doing like zoom calls and we have a Google drive. So we'll go through each of our notes separately. A lot of times we'll have the same note. And then we like talk him through it because we were running into that issue where I was like, oh, at 212, like, can this shot be longer or whatever? And he would, I don't know, he'd misinterpret it. It'd either be too long or too short or like whatever the uh, the note was. Yeah, but it takes a lot longer because instead of a simple email, it's like a hour or two meeting where you have to go through every single frame, basically. Well, you got to do what you got to do to make it right. Yeah, I'm excited. It's coming, al- it's coming along and Carly sent over 
spoiler, there's a voiceover in the film. Uh, Carly sent over some temp voiceover that we're looking at and it just enhanced the film. Like, and we're using temp sound and like, it's like the pieces are coming together. Let, let me describe for the viewers why temp sound is important. Um, there was no sound recorded at all. No, there was not. We're building it from the ground up, which uh, you could say is dumb because uh, it might be. But it 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 was in terms of efficiency and what we had to shoot. It was like would have been virtually impossible. It would have been. You, you would not have been able to with the locations and the logistics that we had and the time frame that we had. It was the correct decision yeah. to make. Yeah. And we had gaffers. We'd be shooting in one room and then we'd have grips in, in, in the other room setting up for the next shot. And so when we were done, then we would just immediately go to the next shot, et cetera, because the set was loud. We had a lot to cover. <laughs> yeah, it was very loud. And then it was fun. The, when I was, uh, I took over directing because our director, Brenton, was in uh, L.A. And when we shot on the at the pecan farm uh, back in uh, March, March. Wow. We had a generator, maybe a power generator going on. So uh, there was noise every set. How? Here's my question that I'm really uh, interested because I still haven't seen the footage that we shot. How has that been splicing together our second uh, shoot with the, uh, the first stuff? It it fits pretty seamlessly. Like I was worried. Remember we talked through like, oh, like the two locations aren't going to really make sense because they're not really related and we don't have like a we don't have like a relationship between them. But the way Joey has pieced it together it's it's pretty seamless it's cool and he's put some like temp sound like i said that i don't know really adds to the the world so yeah. i hope everyone uh, no one's gonna understand what we're talking about except for jake and i like chandler hasn't seen any of it so it doesn't stills. make yeah i've seen stills it's gonna be it's gonna be fun music i got a music guy it's pretty good yeah and cheap that's the next step uh, we're putting together like VFX logs and sound logs and Foley and all that stuff. So that's coming right after that. I'm excited. There's a wonderful I think it'll be halfway through the editing process because anyone who's ever made anything knows once you start dumping all the footage together, finding the best shots and getting a rough cut, there's a moment where you're looking at it all uncolored, unedited in the sound department and you're just like, did I waste X amount of dollars and X amount of time? But then once you start yep. putting in all that stuff, like halfway through, you're like, okay, I can see something watchable in here. Yeah. It's a great point to get to. Scorsese said, uh, if you watch the first cut of your movie and you're not physically ill, then something's wrong with you. And I think I think of that quote every time. Is, is it okay hey. if you watch the final cut of your film and you're still physically ill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For Scorsese, then he's like, no, nah, it's fine. Yeah, He's like a perfectionist. He's a perfectionist, so he probably does. I just imagine Scorsese in the editing room watching the first six-hour cut of The Irishman and violently vomiting into a doggy bag. <laughs> Thelma Schumacher patting him on the back. I forget what movie. I think it might have been Goodfellas. At the premiere, he was sitting next to Thelma, and he was like, oh, we should have cut differently here, like whispering to her during the movie. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like He's just like, just such a perfectionist. I feel like the, the thing, though, with editing is that there's no such thing as perfectionism. No, particularly with I mean, that example kind of proves it that you have a deadline and you are always going to want to change more 
even after you've published the thing. And that's like, I don't think I've ever finished a project, period. Like none of my short films, I've ever published them and said, wow, this is, this mm. is done. There's nothing else right. I could, I could yeah. really change. I think that our like deadline is necessary though, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. because you just have to have that. You have to stop. You just have to have a stopping point. Like, yeah. And just say like, what whatever flaws there are that you just have to own them and then just kind of move on coming up soon in like two weeks oh yeah you you don't have a deadline chandler we that do we actually do the the deadline we made was so we could submit it to jim cummings short to feature film lab ah yeah uh, so we'll okay that. Well, i hope you make that uh, i'm excited the last cut i couldn't even tell you the last cut i saw or when I when I saw it. Well, no, you haven't been. I realize. Okay, so Nick made a group chat of just me and Nathan, and he's been sending us the color footage. And I keep mm -hmm. saying, why don't you just send it to everybody? The Jackie Boy Films, whatever. We're all and on that production. Yeah, exactly. I told him, I'm like, why don't you just send it to the group chat? And he said, well, we only have a certain amount of time. We can't just, you know, we only have so much time to edit it all, which I don't get. But the sound sound is essentially. The color's essentially done. I, me and Nathan both passed off on the color. And the sound, I just got the third update this morning, and I only had two notes for him. So I guess the sound is pretty much done, too. So Sweet. we could get it done by that deadline. But mm. as you know, Sanju, the, the fucking telecommuting like this is awful. I hate it. Yeah, it, it, it basically doubles doubles the time that you, you would normally have, I feel like. I'm so lucky that we got to picture lock right before the quarantine happened. Cause I know Nick yeah. isn't going to want to see me for like months at this point. <laughs> so to get us back on, this was a wonderful little uh, insight into our, our filmmaking lives, but to get us back <laughs> on track, I'd like to hear a little bit about your filmmaking life, Brandon, in, uh, in relation to the video essays you've been making. Sure. So what's the next one, the next one. Oh, do you want? I can spoil it. Who 300 cares? things you missed in Under the Silver Lake. 10 most epic moments of. No. Uh, okay, so. 300 I was, things you missed in the movie 300. So <laughs> I was going to do like a general horror essay on Ari Aster and go through all of his films. But then I was shown a film on Netflix that just has to be talked about because it's. I don't even know how to describe it. It's called They De added Gooby to Netflix. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's called Death House. And oh, it, no. it was made in 2017. And the star is Kane Hodder, who played Jason in I think four through seven or something like that. Oh no, seven through ten. I have not seen of a Jason. single Friday the thirteenth movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've I've never neither have I. Wow. I, I do mean, want to watch the one where he goes to space though. No, Jason X is You'd think it would be like ironically fun, but it's really bad. It's like it's not even ironically good. There's like one. Is that most of them though? No, I think it's. I'd have to break it down, but it's probably like fifty-fifty. Give me the percent watchable of this entire series. How many are there? One. There's. I don't know. There's. There's one through ten, and then there's Freddy versus Jason. Then there's the remake, right? There's twelve. I have no. I would say sixty percent. Like Wait, okay, seventy. I don't Are know. Watchable. Wait, if there's twelve, then we'd have to break it down. There's probably seven. So, <laughs> seven out of twelve that are probably watchable. 
7 out of 12, carry the 5, remove the 4. Well, I, minus... I would say 7 out of 12 was terrible, but that's better than Star Wars has, so maybe Whoa. it's not that bad. <laughs> Look, I think once you get over 50% of the way through a series, you are now obligated to finish it, like at that point, regardless yeah. of how crappy the rest I mean, of it is. Not true. They... I never finished Silicon Valley. They don't movies have anything in like they're rarely related. There'll be like two that have like like the same characters and then they'll just completely. So they're basically episodic. You don't really Mm. need to watch them in any order. Hmm. What was it saying? Oh, Death House. What about this movie makes you want to. It is a cursed film. It is. So do you like it? No, it's really bad. Is it not good? Okay. It's one of the the worst things i've ever seen there's like i don't know like sometimes it's ironically funny but i don't know there's so much of it that makes no sense and i just need to discuss it it's like all npc dialogue oh i love it and uh the editing and the cinematography like makes no sense so it's basically like a move a prison break movie but the prison is nine levels nine levels uh underground and it's nine yeah, and the, it's based on Dante's Inferno, but they never uh, reference it. That's cringe. Yeah. Oh, okay. But the, so it, all I saw. Smart. Just, yeah, but so halfway through the movie, probably longer, there's like a power outage. So the the next hour of the film is just characters in the dark, complete dark with just flashlights. There's no like lighting, and it's really bad. And you have no idea what's happening, but there's like some funny moments. So what's it called again? Death House. It's on Netflix. It's hilarious, though. There's some hilarious moments. There's a, So there's a moment where they characters will just like teleport and not, not like within the movie, like at the end of one scene, they'll be at the bottom and then you'll cut like and they'll be at the very top and you have no idea how they got there. So there's one scene where they're at the bottom of the elevator shaft and then the next scene they're at the top and they're they're like at the top and they're like how do we get down and the other detectives like free fall and they're like let's do it and they get out their guns and they start they jump and like death metal starts playing (laughs) and they start shooting but they're in an elevator shaft so they're just shooting at the wall all for like (laughs) nine levels it's so funny dude it's for what awesome. purpose they have no idea they never cut to anything they're shooting to they never reference for justice they're, j- they're just like just shooting falling down nine stories of of prison see the thing that my i first thought of when you mentioned they just started shooting is i thought they were trying to slow themselves down by like shooting <laughs> no. they're trying to speed themselves up by shooting above them and then we had very different thoughts there they're like sliding down a i don't know whatever that pulley system is for an elevator and they just land and they're fine and they're not like that would fuck up their hands yeah they're not superhuman or anything and they never (laughs) unless i missed it they never discuss it and then they just move on and it makes no sense it's really funny though well it sounds like it's filmed with some nuance you might want to watch again just make sure yeah sprinkle that godlike uh imagery in there because you never know Really need to, to check this one out. Yeah, I, I gotta Don't watch Don't make any again. assumptions. I think you're just you're jumping too quickly to the, the bad movie <laughs> vibe here. True, that is true. I mean, it has a whole 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. I have, what did they I, see you that you what? didn't? I have no idea how it's I will say 90% high. of movies with the word death in them are probably shit. 
It could be. I, I would say that it does have a three on IMDb, which is the the there's like a sweet spot on IMDb. If you ever look up, if you ever want to watch a bad movie, if it's below 3.5, you you typically have a good chance of getting like a so good, so bad, it's it's kind of good kind yeah. of movie. It's like Death House is like in the middle because there'll be like 30 minutes of like nonsense scenes that have nothing to do with the story. And then you'll just get some great like NPC dialogue and then like the elevator shaft moment. That's hilarious. So I feel like you can't even fit within the ironically good movies. Hmm. So that's what, and that's what I'm going to discuss in the video. I'm going to talk about like, you could look at bad movies or like what you consider the worst movie in two different ways. Like, because there, there's probably movies that are worse, but they're more entertaining. I don't know. It mm. just depends on your scale, I guess. Here's a question for uh, all of us. What is the worst movie you've seen? Oasis of the Zombies. And that's your fault, Jacob. <laughs> I was just about to say that. But uh, Brandon, before we explain <laughs> Oasis of the Zombies, would you like to do you have an answer? I mean, Death House is probably up there, but probably either that or like 50 shades freed because it was in terms of the scale and how like bored i was for two hours and yeah i'll probably say 50 shades freed it's really bad oasis of the zombies (laughs) that sounds ironically fun though that sounds fun (laughs) one of the most uniquely incompetent films ever made so I don't know. Do you guys look at the worst as like the actual worst, like obscure movie that no one has seen? Because that's I, just the I worst get thing that. I've ever seen. That was the I most get painful that. viewing experience. Yeah, it's pretty painful. It it's not. <laughs> I, I think the the most painful viewing experience I've ever had was a film, um, Cosmos War of the Planets, mm-hmm. which uh, I've never been uh, closer to gouging my eyes out from boredom. <laughs> but close to that is Oasis of the Zombies. And Nathan, our friend Nathan and I really love this film. And we showed it to Chandler, who uh, just had the worst time. But when uh, Nate and I first watched it, it broke us. Like, <laughs> like 20 minutes in, we just started laughing like crazy people. And we kind of had a good time with it. Mostly because the film is told out of chronological order Except imagine that something's told out of chronological order and the person who's writing it is an idiot and the person who's filming it makes no visual distinction between when they've cut between scenes or timelines or anything. (laughs) And the best part about the film is 98% of the shots are zooms. It's weird. That's hilarious, it though. Redefined, like you will go insane watching zooms. Like the, the our reaction was, they can't do another zoom in this next shot, and they did, and then they just kept finding new ways to zoom on the same boring things. Oh my god, it was wonderful. Yeah, so I, I, guess I recommend it if I, you I, if you like bad movies. I had very few movies that I would say are like half star worthy. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the lowest amount of like ratings i give but i will say this jacob two of them are movies that you've showed me what was the other one both oasis of the zombies and killers from space 
Do you not killer clowns. Space, the, the aliens, the giant fucking eyes. I always, I always forget that we watched that together. That was one of the first times uh, we watched a movie together. Yeah, <laughs> it was horrible. And I don't think I showed you that. That was just we had gotten together for the purpose of watching a bad movie. Yeah, and we watched that because Nate and I, uh, we hadn't seen it before, but it was in one of those fifty movie packs that you get. And mm-hmm. we thought, let's watch this with Oasis of the Zombies. We had seen it before, so I have seen that film twice. Yeah, which is I need to watch it now. It's horrible. I mean, I don't. The other movie that I remember, we watched two movies that night. It was that one, and one called G Men from Hell. G Men from Hell wasn't as bad. Still fucking terrible, but not as bad. Yeah, there's. Uh, I miss those days. Same. It's been a long time since I've watched a, a really bad shitty movie. Well, you guys <laughs> are a lot more generous on these bad movies than I am. I'm learning. You're on your letterbox. Looking at the reviews from those nights. I feel like it's two schools of thought and I kind of like I'm a mi- I don't know I'm kind of in the middle because there's ironically fun but probably like as a film is worse and then there's I don't know like boring movies that are more competent more competently put together that so it's like which one do you pick Yeah what I usually go by is the really, really bad movies are the ones where there's no passion. Yeah. There's no passion. It's manipulative and it, and it fails. The ones that are so bad that it's good are the people that have the passion to tell this story, but they don't have the means to tell it the way that they want to. And then that in turn creates a beautiful mess. That is a good, bad movie. Yeah. Something like Suicide Squad is not a good, bad movie. True. It yeah. just isn't. Yeah, or like, but like, yeah, I don't have that many half stars in Letterbox either. I'm looking, Howard the Duck, uh, movie forty three, Human Centipede, and then I don't. What YouTuber talked about Cool Cat Saves the Kids? Oh, a lot it's of a, them did. Your movie sucks is the first one. Yeah, God, I watched. Bits and then and I hate everything, and then a few of them talked. Did about Ralph? It. Did Ralph make a video on it? No, Ralph Wait. didn't talk about it. No? no, I don't know how I discovered this. I don't remember. But yeah, that was I didn't watch all of it, though, but I mean, Ooh. it's fair to make it a half star. Jacob, you know what we forgot about? Jo- Joshua and the Promised <laughs> Land. Yeah, that, that's one I like. I think you can watch this right now, uh, Brandon, if you haven't already seen it. No, and I don't know what this is. I think it's on YouTube. Is it- oh, Josh- my God. Joshua and the Promised Land. <laughs> Did you like- watch the whole thing, Jacob? Yeah, I watched it with friends, actually. From oh, no. I think you told me to add this to the greatest meme films of all time list, Chandler. If I remember it's correctly. It's up there. It's really good. Because I have a a, oh. a list on Letterbox of the most memed films. You know what's the greatest meme film of all time? Unironically? Revenge what? of the Sith. Oh, that, that should definitely be <laughs> yeah, on there. Shrek Retold. Shrek Retold. I need to watch it, but it's like... I don't know. Is it? Is it? Shrek Retold is exhausting, but it's good. Yeah. And I'm like, I just wish there's so many talented people that are involved. I'm just like, why don't you just like make a movie? You know, because it, it's like 60 different people. It would be horrible. It is cool, though. It's interesting. It's funny. Once you get to Gibby from iCarly, that's where it really starts to really starts to get solid. <laughs> He's in it. That's awesome. Have you ever seen his YouTube channel? Yeah, it is. It is exhausting. <laughs> it is so memed, like probably rots your brain. 
But it is hilarious. Sad world. Sad world is the hell of memes. Yeah. Oh, what about Leprechaun Back to the Hood? Have you ever seen that? <laughs> I've never seen any of the that. Leprechaun movies. Dude, Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Cursed. Cursed. It's so cursed. Jacob, when we finally do do a bad movie night again, it has to be Gooby. Oh yeah. Gooby has, has been be- a long Gooby has been a long time coming. It really has been. Have you seen heard of Gooby, Bren? <laughs> no, but I'm adding it to the list. Let's see. G O O B Y. It oh looks my God. Nick has a what copy. Is this? Which, Nick has a copy. Which is the, the reason why it's kind of become a, a oh thing. Oh my god. It's ninety nine <laughs> minutes? Oh god, that is long. The average rating, one point four. Hell yeah. <laughs> I guess eventually we're going to circle back around to Brandon's most recent video, but oh, I, sure. I do want to do a quick little check-in with Chandler and Brandon and myself as uh, what have we been watching recently in the past week? What's What's been up? For sure. So, um, yeah, Chandler's been watching a ton. What do you have, like 30, you said, on your list? 39 movies in this um, quarantine marathon for chandler might actually this might be the first month ever that chandler watches more than i do does quite a bit well do you just want to go through the highlights then it's only about 10 ish go through the highlight well you're out of quarantine you haven't gone to barnes and noble yet have you no i have not you know you can't order stuff online that is an option that's true i might do that if worse comes to worse brandon Uh, do you have any interest in uh in, in getting anything from criterion the fifty percent. Oh, he, he's got a he's got a copy of Slacker that he watches religiously. Yeah, I watched it every day. In quarantine. I'm sorry. I'm going to watch it. I promise. Sanju, at least tell me this: Is it unwrapped? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I've looked through it, but I was supposed to watch it with my friend Arizona, but obviously we can't do that. So I'm kind of torn between just watching it anyway and him getting butt hurt. Just watch it. We're just waiting. And just watch in, it. Richard Linklater acts in it. He's like literally one of my favorite directors and I haven't seen it. That's cringe. Same. Honestly, I haven't seen either. TBH. I haven't seen it I either. Thought I, I might just get it because it's on, you know, I, I, I could probably find it um, at Barnes & Noble. So I think I will just get it because he's also one of my favorite directors. Yeah. Mm. He's he's definitely up there, but I'll, I'll watch it soon. I'll just watch it. I have time now. Oh, we should start a bet, Jacob. Who's going to watch it oh, first? God. Is it going to be Sanju with Slacker or Nick with Phantom Thread? Sanju. I think it's going to be Sanju. Well, now, well, now unless, that you've we provide uh, incentive for Nick to watch. Now that you guys so, are betting in front of me, now I have to watch it. That's true. That's true. If you would have made Actually, this no, secretly, we, it would have been it would have been a good uh, question. Moral okay, question. Here's here's the thing, Brandon. That that would only work if the other part, if like winning was even possible, but there's no way Nick will ever win. So I feel like the only way to make this interesting is to put it off for as long as possible okay. and not actually watch rush to watch me, it. Nick and Sanju are going to be in the retirement home or we're going to do a triple feature of Slacker, Phantom Thread and Andre Rublev. <laughs> For, awesome. for reference, I bought Andre Rublev, uh, the Criterion for Chandler last last year for his birthday. Last year, what? You're giving me it. shit. It's been like 
Well, it's been like two months, but last year fair, is worse. I gave you a 90 minute movie from one of your favorite directors. Uh, Jacob gave me a three hour Russian movie. That is true. A, a renowned director, but not one who I've ever seen any of his uh, movies. Well, that's why I gave it to you. That's true. I, cho- I chose the one I thought would be most accessible to start with, but then you know. Interesting. But that only works if you start with it and you actually press play. <laughs> All right. So, hey, so Chandler, what, what are the highlights? What have you been, what have you been up to? The highlights. Um, so meantime, uh, I've watched a lot of Mike Lee in the last week. And I got to say, Mike Lee is delightful. Mike Lee, all of his movies have a similar non-structure to them, but they're very different as far as what they tend to explore. Mm. But Meantime is great. A very young Tim Roth and a very young Gary Oldman are in it. A Gear, The Wrath of God. Oh, My before first... we move on from uh, Mike Lee, I found I had seen a another Mike Lee film. Which one? Naked was not the first Mike Lee film I've ever watched. What, um, what was it? The first... Mike Lee film I watched was Peterloo with uh, the that was released like three or four years ago. Interesting. It's on Amazon Prime for those who are interested. Why that one? Uh, it, it was a because I hadn't seen a Mike Lee film and it was a period piece. And I was like, this looks interesting. Um, mm. I didn't like it. I didn't finish no. it. And so that was uh, why I forgot that I had watched it. So I have. It's I one of the seen, lesser rated ones. It. it it actually, I think I read that it brought his to- his average Metacritic score down oh, no. when he released it, unfortunately. But. Well, I was looking, because every time I watch a Mike Lee movie, I, I look at the Roger Ebert scores. Just I'm curious. Roger Ebert gave like a, I want to say like 60 to 70% of his movies, like a four star. Wow. It's crazy. Hmm. Uh, I watched, yeah, A Gear of the Wrath of God. Werner Herzog. Yeah. Um, that fucking Klaus Kinski is so intense. He re- he is scary, the, but I really liked it. The film I have to recommend, perhaps to both of you, one of the great atmospheric films. If you're looking for a film that's kind of like The Lighthouse in its creation of an atmosphere, oh. is uh, Herzog's Nosferatu. It's probably Isn't... the best vampire film, in my opinion. Klaus Kinski plays Nosferatu. Plays he? a vampire. It's a very intense man. So that's, as you said... That's why he was probably hired for that, uh, to play a pasty white vampire. Well, you know, this movie, it was, it was a really good movie on its own right. But when I was watching it, it was just one of those movies that I watched and I thought this would be hell to shoot. And it was. Because it takes place on a, in a very deep, like, South American jungle on rafts in dirty rivers. And I just thought, oh, awful. California Split. Watch it, Sam. I know. I need to watch it. I've been watching a lot of... Well, I haven't recently, but I've been watching a ton of like gambling sports type betting movies like that. But California Split, I remember you suggesting. So I got to watch. Oh, continue about Herzog, Jacob. Oh, well, I was just going to say that uh, Herzog's kind of modus operandi is accept no substitute. If you're making a film about being stuck in the middle of the Amazon rainforest, you better goddamn be stuck in the middle of the Amazon rainforest or your film will not be good. <laughs> That's awesome. Miserable. That's awesome. It is miserable. So continue. That's uh, an elephant sitting still. Or I finally watched it. My, my two favorite uh, alternate titles, an elephant shitting still 
which I just <laughs> find funny, or Crazy Sad Asians, which... Crazy, crazy Sad Asians is accurate. It is an it's accurate four-hour Chinese movie about the most miserable people in the most miserable world, or miserable country in the world. It was great. I loved it. Um, I watched the Meyerowitz stories again. Yes. Did you? Underrated. Yes. Underrated. Still not nearly as good as his best, though. It's good, though. Meyerowitz stories is really good. And it I don't is. know it why is. Criterion has gotten around to putting that. Sandler in that. is really good in that. So is Ben Stiller. Sandler is good, and so is Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller's amazing in that movie. I love it when directors take kind of like actors who are known for more kind of run-of-the-mill stuff and do things like that. And the fact that both Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler in that film just instantly wins me over every time. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman is well. He's yeah. so good. I love He's the great. scene in the restaurant where the the uh the guys next to them like put their stuff on his on his table and mm-hmm. he gets all pissed off and like drinks out of their water or whatever. I love that. I, scene. I love the scene at the end where um Sandler and Stiller both do like their big emotional speeches at you know Dustin Hoffman's like art gallery because he couldn't be there because he was sick. And they basically say, I hope to God he's a, uh, he's you find him to be a brilliant genius, because if he wasn't, then he was an asshole for no reason. <laughs> and I just thought oh, that's great. Nice. Yeah. Well, then I watched it's a, such a beautiful day. We'll get to it. But let's just say I needed to uh, purify myself with some Wallace and Gromit. Afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, Wallace and Gromit is amazing. I love Wallace. It's Gromit. good content. That's a, that's a good uh, comfort. I'll- that's a good idea. So, I should add that to the list. It's been growing. Wallace is just so joyfully British that after watching a bunch of Mike Lee and Wallace and Gromit, I just want to live there now. I also watched Gloria, which you recommended last week, Jacob. It was very good. Um, and another Mike Lee film, Another Year, also good. Got Jim Broadbent in it. And finally, I watched Adaptation, which... Is great because I also bought Charlie Kaufman's new book, so I watched that and then I started the book. Oh, nice! Very good adaptation. It's a fun, fun movie. It's a fun time. The only thing I don't like about adaptation is that for some some godforsaken reason, Nick Cage's character has people that like him, and he's just horrible. He's just so depressing. <laughs> sure, I don't know the ending didn't really do it for me in adaptation, but the rest of the film I I, I really liked. Yeah, the ending is weird. Things really weird, but you know, I, I I enjoy me some some good Cage. Speaking of good Cage and Herzog, I watched Bad Lieutenant, and oh, oh you, you did, dude, that movie is fucking insane. But it's exactly what you want if you want you want Cage to go full Cage. It's awesome. It is. I've been meaning to watch that for a while. It meanders a little bit, I would say, but it is. Re- I I enjoyed the watch quite a bit. It's crazy. Like it, it's it's textbook cage cage By uncaged Jacob, yeah you gotta watch bringing out the dead i'm telling you oh, okay i'm gonna put it on my letterbox watch list right now redemption round for schrader wait a second he doesn't like schrader cringe he doesn't like taxi driver or first reform oh yeah i, I forgot he doesn't like taxi driver i should wear my taxi driver shirt today to spite Jake. i should wear my taxi driver jacket oh yeah, dude, First Reformed is awesome. What about Dog Eat it's Dog amazing. with Nicolas Cage and uh, Willem Dafoe? It's supposed to be bad. It's supposed to be like him trying to be Tarantino or something. But First Reformed is, I feel like that's right up your alley. I, I'm surprised you don't like that. Nope. The other films I've seen from Paul Schrader, Raging Bull, 
not as keen on that as a lot of people uh me neither are. it's really yeah. well edited and looks beautiful i'm not saying it's a bad film i just couldn't get into it uh i've seen mishima a life in four chapters beautiful film didn't get all that into it i just don't find his character work i suppose all that engaging i mean you gave it a I shot even... you've watched most of his movies so that's there's, fair. there's still a few left and i i think it'll just take time yeah and i think it'll start i think you, you you'll be able to turn the tide back in favor of paul schrader whenever i actually give taxi driver a second watch which you will when we get to it. which i will and it's on the shelf so i i have it's just laziness three at this point. copies of taxi driver <laughs> just in case i have or? a regular blu-ray i have a steelbook and then I have like the 30 or 40th anniversary edition, which is another Blu-ray with a bunch of, you know, like behind the scenes stuff. That's awesome. Don't even talk to me about it, Jacob. Don't start. Epic. Epic. What else did you watch? Is that is that the highlights of your list? Yeah, I'm done. So uh, I've spent more money on Criterions. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have. Oh no! But he did. Well, just just to just to let Brennan in on this, Jacob spent how much did you spend the first time? You bought like thirteen Criterion's and then a box set. Three hundred dollars. Oh my god, Jake! Good God, I I admire the commitment though, because now you 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 have to watch them all. Yeah, it's important. About fifty percent are blind buys, and if you count the bergman set a lot of them are blind buys in that one and Mm -hmm. it the thing is is like i haven't spent any money at all on myself in months treat yourself and so i just kind of like went all out and now you know it was a portion of my paycheck it wasn't the full thing i'm still saving money i just didn't save as much (laughs) i like i like that we're still in still in july i'm eager to outdo you and i'm still spending money so i got uh, very important. I found Grand Budapest. That Perfect. Was, that was kind of necessary. So, you have to. It's one of my favorite Criterion releases. And I logged Grand Budapest Hotel the other day, and that was actually the audio commentary, which was enjoyable to listen to. Is it fun? It was, yeah. Is, is it informative or is it fun? It is. I, I think I often go out of my way to buy Criterions, particularly if they have a director commentary. Because I like listening to how Same. they explain what they do and sometimes getting a little uh, peek into how they direct. And one of the things I really enjoyed about uh, the way Wes Anderson directs his kind of the whole production is that he says he likes having everyone as close to the set as possible. So a lot of them were just living in that hotel. Set. Oh, that's wonderful. And that just makes one watching it as they're just kind of. And apparently Jeff Goldblum, who's on the commentary, was just always hanging out around set, even though he was rarely on screen. So He's barely in the movie. That's mm-hmm. good for morale. It is, yeah. And Wes Anderson said, if I can't shout to someone, then they're of no use to me. So I think everyone was like within shouting distance of Wes Anderson on the set. And that just seems like a good like camaraderie way of doing it, of just kind of like living together. And making yeah. a movie. Seems like fun. Did you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff? Not yet. 
Well, because it blows my mind that you have these big, giant, you know, like, halls that they shoot the Grand Budapest Hotel in. And then when you see when they actually shoot, it's like a skeleton crew huddled around this little chair in this giant auditorium. I just thought, oh, this this, this is one of those things that's going to shatter my immersion. But it didn't. It's wonderful. Where the the big room where they have dinner, the, the author yeah. and Zero, that was apparently, that, that room was built by the Nazis. That was oh, a right. that was a uh, Nazi Germany era uh, piece of architecture. So, oh, would you look at that! Fun fact: uh, it certainly has been repurposed to something a lot more whimsical than the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, I blind bought Mike Lee's Topsy Turvy, the only actor that anyone. Oh no, it has two actors that you might recognize: Jim Broadbent and Timothy Spall. Oh, Jim Broadbent. And it's pretty good. It's about uh, Gilbert and Sullivan, who were made, no one from our generation knows of them, really. But they made a a musical play called The Mikado, which by today's standards is what you would call racist. (laughs) But it's still quite well revered. And it's kind of like a classic of British uh, theater. And nice. It's a it's a really interesting movie, and I liked it quite a bit. The other film I got is a Ozu film, An Autumn Afternoon, which is his last movie. And Sad. Kurosawa was the first director that I I bought every single Criterion Blu-ray for, and now with this film, I now have every single Ozu Criterion out on Blu-ray. Uh, There's awesome. quite a few on DVD and the Eclipse series that I don't have, but maybe maybe never. I don't know. One still. So I bought it for completionist. Those will be your closet picks. Those will be, yes. Um <laughs> yeah. So I got some stuff. I've been mostly watching a lot of the criteria the blind buys I've been getting, uh, of which we'll talk about later. I'll do a whole whole review of a lot of those. I watched a Godard film, two of them actually. One of them I liked, the other one was intolerable and deserves As to be deleted from reality. Oh no. I don't think I've ever said that about a film, but I think I could say that about this one. Oh well, if it's anyone glad it's Godard. Oh, I watched um two films. The Age of Innocence from Martin Scorsese. I watched another oh, yeah. Scorsese film. Nice. Worth a watch. It's fine. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like that's 90% of your Scorsese reviews. Yeah, but this one in particular. I'm leaving this in the audio. Oh, if it's getting picked please up. do. I'm, they're getting Chick-fil-A. And I'm, so I'll be eating Chick-fil-A halfway through this recording. Only other thing is I actually blind bought the movie Tess, which is a Roman Polanski film. Uh, oh. One, Roman Polanski. Talk, uh, go delete him from the earth, too. <laughs> but uh, separating art from the artist. Tess was a really like a beautiful movie. like Cinematography, top-notch. A tier. The movie was fine beyond that, but I, I, it's one of those films where like I, I'd rewatch it just to bask in its its wonderful cinematography and set design. Mm. So yeah, that's what I watched. Wonderful. So feel good movies, comfort films. So I uh, asked for a lot of recommendations for comfort movies, and Chandler suggested Night Is Short, Walk On Girl which I liked a lot. And I talked about the style 
of it and I in the video. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I really liked the the animation style. I loved the stru- the non structure and how it like relates to. There is a three act structure there. I feel like it's pretty loose though. It's pretty loose. It, yeah, it kind of changes three... momentum. And it though, in there, three separate there, places. Yeah, and it also it kind of veers off into another plot and then comes back and like it's like i don't know i kind of i there's a lot going on yeah i'd say the film has parts not acts yeah well yeah because they're they're very clearly defined parts defined by weird it's almost like a video game they're levels there's these weird bosses in each level we have the the drinking contest then you have the book fair demon then you have the underwear musical it's it's all over the place do you think she would win against uh why am i blanking raiders of the lost ark in the drinking contest the drinking contest yes you think she would win she's a bottomless pit <laughs> she went hard that was a lot she went hard that but was- did she own her own uh vineyard yeah i don't think so <laughs> you don't want to ask me a question putting any movie against raiders of the lost ark you'll just be disappointed <laughs> every, every time Oasis of the Zombies versus Raiders. <laughs> Chandler rather like neck subject neck. himself to pain. Well, that's a hurting contest. Which one hurt me? More? <laughs> but yeah, I, I really liked how uh, the night is short. Walk on girl uh, kind of what is exploring. And I don't know, just the different characters and the humor, like the absurdist humor was was fun. I, it was a worthy addition, worthy addition to the list. <clears throat> worthy addition. Yeah. Um. I was suggested Brigsby Bear, which I watched. Uh, I, I literally knew nothing about it before I watched it. I, I was assuming I talked about this in the video, too. Uh, it was just going to be like typical mumblecore, like which I love. But I was like, oh, I'll probably be like probably be pretty good. Um, it's weird. And it is it is completely it is not what I expected at all. And I feel like you could look at it from so many different angles. Like I know people are looking at like I know there's a video about like it's talking about nostalgia and mass media and all that. And I was really looking more at his personal journey, but I feel like it's the movie's very rich and you can, it's a very interesting concept. Yeah, for sure. And like the irony between the main character and the audience and like the perspective that the filmmakers create at the beginning is like super clever because it creates this irony for the entire film. Like, like a fish out of water, but in a different way. I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Have you seen it, Jake? I have not seen it. No. Oh, okay. I don't want to spoil it too much. Mark so. Hamill's in it. Mark. Oh, dude. Well, yes. I, I was so happy to see Mark Hamill and he's really good in it. it they, is. they utilize him. Well, so I watched that. And I, the director is married to Emma Stone. That's oh. in the chat. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Um, what else did I watch? Oh, my girlfriend Callie said if I watch Hamilton with her, um, she would watch The Lord of the Rings with me, at least Fellowship. So I watched Hamilton. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, her, her initial thing was like Fellowship. And if I like it, then we'll keep watching. And I'm like, you'll watch all three then. That's that, I'll take that. So I watched Hamilton. Didn't know there much people, about believe it. Believe it or not, there are people who don't like Lord of the Rings, but psychopaths. Continue. So we watched Hamilton. I didn't know. A ton about it. I mean, I'd heard some of the songs. I enjoyed it. I I didn't I didn't think like 
it was too like revisionist or anything like that. I think the songs, the songs were really good. The blocking was really good. Um, just the way they created the stage was like, I don't know. It was, it was good. I enjoyed the watch quite a bit actually. Um, so then we watched Lord of the Rings fellowship and it's just a magical experience. And I watched, we, we watched two towers and return of the King back to back or like night after night. And we cried and it was awesome because that movie, those <laughs> movies are incredible. Return Where's my Lord of the Rings musical? Why, why has that not been a thing? <laughs> why have they not turned all three into three hour long musicals? If it was directed by Peter Jackson and they brought back to cast, then I would no, watch Boz Lerman's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> and it, so every year I usually watch the trilogy and then I get obsessed with it. And then I watch the behind the scenes for like a week straight. So I did that because it's there, like, there are, there are two trilogies I watch or try to watch every year. I haven't been as good with Lord of the Rings recently, but you know what the other trilogy is before trilogy. The original Star Wars. Yeah. You're close. The prequels? Chandler knows this. I've told you this before. For the past couple of years, I watch the prequel trilogy every year. <laughs> oh, God. Why do you torture I, I see it does. as a personal... <laughs> I need to be reminded every year of the depths of failure that, that humans can sink to. And God, I think it puts, it puts a real good perspective on the rest I'll, of life. Dude. You can't take everything else too seriously like what disney's doing or anything yeah when you watch those films every I mean, single year and, and you find new things to hate about them every time i've watched the prequels with jacob twice <laughs> not all of them oh. but i've watched and every time i watch him with jacob jacob's always so optimistic towards the beginning i feel like secretly he's like maybe these are actually good yeah and this most recent watch will prove me wrong and every time jacob comes out hating him more than ever <laughs> I mean, before Rise of Skywalker came out, I watched all of the or the the saga films, and Phantom Menace. I was like, I don't need to watch this ever again. I remember thinking that like I literally don't need to watch this ever again. Attack of the Clones, like Revenge of the Sith, is a meme, so I will watch that because every line in that film is a meme. But it's true. Phantom Menace, like, who cares, dude? Phantom, Phantom Menace, Menace just gets more. more eh, every time I, I will, watch it, I will say. Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are like less insulting to me than Rise of Skywalker. Maybe just because it's Rise. No, of... Rise of Skywalker is the worst Star Wars movie. I that's because go... it has potential. Like there are good things in it. It's fr the most frustrating. Drowned out by by nonsense. It is. It is the movie with the as someone who's like as I've said multiple times eh, on Star Wars as a whole. Rise of Skywalker is the movie with the most contempt for Star Wars. <laughs> Say what you want about the Last Jedi, dude. Last Jedi is a masterpiece. But... Okay. I like but the more but, the farther yeah. I get from the sequel trilogy, the more I just want to I, I don't like the whole thing. I don't find like if if the ending sucks, the whole thing sucks. Like there's <laughs> no true. point to the trilogy. Like you it's cannot true. just as much as I think The Last Jedi is fine. It's good. Like beautiful film. Some of the best cinematography, editing, technical stuff. If the story doesn't work as a trilogy, what's the point of it? Yeah, I mean, I have not seen The Last Jedi since The Rise of Skywalker, and I'm afraid to. My parents had it on like a few weeks ago, and I was literally just so sad. Like, like so much. I don't know. Like, you just like know. Like, you almost want to jump through the screen and like warn them, and you can't. It's too late. Like, it's frustrating. And Force Awakens gives me a lot of joy. Like, I'm like, 
I just remember being in the theater being like, oh, Star Wars is back, like, and it's good. And now that's going to be taken away. I, I, I don't know. I haven't. So uh, I'm going to, for the listeners, I'm going to point out two things on my most recent uh, prequel viewing that I've found that I think are really interesting little, little tiny tidbits uh, in Attack of the Clones. In the I don't like sand scene, there is a point that I think it's it's Natalie Portman, but it could be Hayden Christensen, where their half of the screen freezes for a good 10 seconds. Like they took a frame and froze it because the rest of the take sucked and they needed to use the other half of the acting. And you get like in the freezes. wide shot. No, in like the two of them when they're getting married. Nah, the I don't like sand. It's chorus rough. Oh, oh, I don't like the classic. Oh my god! It I, oh, okay, it's, it's one of those scenes where they're out on the balcony. Maybe I'll have uh, to watch it then. And then the in Revenge of the Sith, in the scene where Yoda comes in to confront the Emperor, when that scene just begins, you can tell that it was like before they said action or something, because Ian McDermott is looking directly at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> at nowhere oh, no. like, he, like there's there's nothing like he's just staring off into the distance doing nothing wait three seconds and then he looks over and, and the chair starts turning and just like that was that's like you just failed at editing can i can i just say the the one part of revenge of the sith that i think about more than anything is the line where the medical droid delivers to obi-wan right before patty dies where he, for reasons says, we can't explain medically she's fine which but then she says okay he's the robot says medically she's fine but she's lost the will to live which uh, means nothing <laughs> well obviously something's not fucking right medically she is not fine <laughs> you, you don't just willingly die if there's nothing wrong with he was you. going for like this like shakespearean type thing and it just does not fit at all yeah but at least shakespeare had the good sense not to kill anyone one off out of sadness just just have anakin kill her that's way more interesting it's Um, efficient too i will say this the one thing that also helps uh, that makes the prequel trilogy watchable those behind the scenes are so inadvertently funny oh god because it's just 40 minutes for each movie of just people being trying their best to submerge their just befuddlement of George Lucas's creative decisions. I may have gone too it far. It is amazing. What is he say? I may have gone too far in a few places. The Phantom Menace is the best one because everybody who's working on the set is like excited. Oh, Star Wars is back. It's George Lucas. We're going to make a shit ton of money. And everything that George oh, Lucas they says, did. they're always just like, that's true. They did make a lot of money. They're just, they're silently judging him. But in, it, it goes like this. Every time George Lucas makes a creative decision to his crew, there is a look in the crew's eyes where they think, really? But then they think, they go back on it in a few seconds thinking, okay, this is the man who made Star Wars. I don't understand it now, but it's going to pay off. And it never Well, does. also, the, they and, like can't say no to him. He has so much power. Like They just have to go along with everything. The video that I watch, I think, yeah, it was in Phantom Menace. I, have, I posted it on Instagram. It's the one where he's like, I got, I got my, my desk here, my notepad, fresh box of pencils. And then he sits down and he's like, all I need is an idea. And it was when he, right before he wrote it Phantom Menace. <laughs> one of my favorite little, so referencing the, the Plinkett prequel reviews of uh, the prequels, which are 
works gems of art of of YouTube. Um, they are. But one of my favorite jokes is I think that same shot, and he, he, there's cliff notes in the background, and Plinkett says uh, something like, uh, "You've been you take you've stolen all your ideas from cliff notes," and then it's like, "Ding!" and there's an arrow in the background pointing to it. I caught you. <laughs> and I don't know why it just makes me laugh. <laughs> Those are so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Great, great trilogy, dude. Fantastic trilogy. You guys have a favorite? Because I, I mine's Return of the King, but I think yours is Fellowship, Chandler. Right? Fellowship. Yeah, that's fair. I know. I know some two tower stands. I didn't even need to be told that it was Return of the King because. Judging by your preference for Before Midnight and and Justice for All, I could have told you it was going to... If anything, it should have been the Two Towers. <laughs> I know some Two Tower stands. And like... There's a lot of them. It's, it's an amazing movie, but it's it's the least amazing of the three. Mm. Yes. When you have a fan base that cannot agree, remotely agree on any of them. Yeah. Like, no one agrees on what's the worst and no one can agree on what's the best. You know you have a good trilogy. I mean, Helm's Deep is so awesome. I mean, they're all awesome movies. I like the Ents. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> tree Even beard? if in the extended cut, tree? too much. I, I am I no tree. tree. Yeah. I love, uh, I need to watch the extended cuts. One of my favorite lines from the True Towers, uh, when the, the Ents are marching off to Isengard, it's like, it is likely that many of us will not survive. And like, you all survive. What the fuck are you talking There's about? There's that one tree that gets <laughs> saved. You're like, oh, he got in the water. Thank God. Okay. It's like, oh no, we can't have one of them. <laughs> no. Return of the King was my favorite film of all time for a while. Dude, it's like number before, four, I think. I think, on my list. It's up there for me. I think it's been, it's it's ousted from my, my top 30, but it's probably my top 50 still. Um, I haven't watched it in a while. I need to. Dude, the freaking, the Greyhaven scene, I cry every time. It's so good. It's incredible. Apparently they had to reshoot that three times because Sean Astin forgot to wear like his vest. <clears throat> and they're like the second time they're like, I don't know if we can get to that place again. And like they willed themselves to do it. And then they watched the dailies and they're like, Oh, he's not wearing the right pin. And they're like, motherfucker. And they had to shoot it a third time. Sean Astin just showed up in his Notre Dame. Yeah. But that, that trilogy is incredible and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, then I watched Return of the King. Feel good movie. I have two. I dude, <laughs> I put Two Towers and Return of the King on there because some people suggested that. Two Towers, like Sam's speech at the end, it is inspiring. It's very good. Mister Frodo, those are the stories that mattered. Mister Frodo, I like in Fellowship where he's like, <laughs> Sam, you can't swim, and he's like, <sighs> like going through the water. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but. uh Besides Lord of the Rings, I watched Palm Springs uh, two days ago, three days ago. Very good. I liked it a lot. It was very sharp and um, it gets past like the Groundhog Day. Like everyone's like, oh, it's just Groundhog Day again. But it like it does something unique with the premise. And uh, it's really well paced. Like it's super like the the watch flies by. It's really good. So I'd, I'd suggest that I it's pretty it's pretty uh, good. It's existential. And but it's wholesome too, so I'd, I'd recommend it. And then I watched lastly, I watched Miller's Crossing. Oh, what'd you think? I liked it. Did you watch it with subtitles? No, but I should have. 
it's it's got some of the greatest dialogue i've ever seen yeah it's super witty like i i definitely want to watch it again um but like it's really well like it's really clever the way they set things up i don't want to spoil it but um i liked it a lot i liked it i i uh i have to hold on i have to get my favorite line from it it's it's one of those coen brothers movies that i need to watch again i do too I need to give it a second. Try. It was also that's all I'll say. It also was not an ideal viewing experience for me because I was at my cousin's house and we watched it on DVD and they had it in full screen, so it was a little bit cringe. Like the aspect ratio was really bad, but uh, it was good. To all of our listeners, never, ever, ever <laughs> change the fucking aspect ratio. Is that just on a market? TV? Is that a marketing gimmick? You're not allowed to do that. Like you, if I could personally come into your home and shoot you, if you ever press that button, I would. Oh my God. Not really. Don't take that seriously. And he means in the, Minecraft. Uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> in Minecraft. But no, seriously, the, the, don't, why, why would you do such a thing? And you're like, sometimes you're liable to just cut off information. Yeah. Like it's just a, it's true. absolutely uh, like an objectively worse way of watching it. Like, There's no point. I get it. If you don't like the black bars, that, that's fine. Don't watch that movie then. The equivalent of putting ketchup on a steak. I'd rather you not watch the movie than watch it in a wrong aspect ratio. Yeah, it was. So it wasn't ideal. And I I don't think it's a perfect film, but it was uh, it was good. I, I like to watch quite a bit. I, I saw I was looking at what you thought of it because I was like, I know Chandler. Chandler will be excited that I watched it, and you had it pretty high on your your Coen Brothers list. Didn't you have it like two yeah, or three? Yeah, it's, it's I have currently I have six Coen Brothers movies that I would give five stars to, and Miller's Crossing is the last one that sometimes I feel like it's thank you right on the edge, hmm. and then I've I've seen it three times. I've seen it. Miller's Crossing and Barton Fink are those movies that I watch like every year thinking, am I going to like this more? And I always like Miller's Crossing more and I always like Barton Fink less. Really? I've never yeah. seen Barton Fink. Barton Fink's one of those those Coen Brother films. I've, I've given it two tries and haven't gotten into it either try. On so paper, it sounds amazing. I'm, le- I'm leaving it. And I love the ending. Leaving it behind. Yeah. Here's, here's my question before we move on to our, our film. What, for Chandler and I, recommendations... Or what are some of our favorite comfort films? And for Brandon, something uh, have you seen? Come and see yet? The greatest? No, I haven't. I, I know. I needed. To, I was gonna watch it for the video, but I'm trying to release them every two weeks, and I just, I just didn't get to it. But I had multiple messages because I posted my thumbnail, and people were like, "Who the hell put Come and See?" Someone put a message. They're like, "They need to go to prison." I genuinely like I, I don't know why I didn't. It was I was gonna I was gonna tell you to watch it. <laughs> Eric was the one who said uh, I don't know if you guys know Eric, but he was the one who put "Come and See." He's like, well, he has a a good sense of <laughs> cinematic humor. Eric, who? Ludsinger. Hold on. He might be uh, helping you guys, Chandler. I think that that's why I needed to check. I'm pretty sure he's the guy who's doing our sound. Yep, it yep. is. <laughs> Okay. It's the guy. I, I, crazy. I'll say this: "Come and see" makes it such a beautiful day look like that. Oh my what? Oh my! What? Okay. Well, we'll get there I in a second. So, so uh, 
Brandon uh, chose to watch uh, Night of Short Walk on Girl, and it's fine. Um, but he apparently forgot to watch uh, Your Name. Uh, that's okay. Uh, you know, it's I okay think... to be wrong, and it's acceptable because you're not dealing with f- the full information. Like you, ignorance is a reasonable excuse. Chandler said so, his suggestion first. To be fair, he did. Yes. Well, I think I think Brandon subconsciously knew the better film and chose accordingly. No, no, no. Uh, Brandon just chose the one that. Uh, was recommended first and uh as we know things that are are rushed and things that are first aren't always the best that's true we'll see well i'll i'll watch your name soon it is the highest grossing anime film of all is it really it is that helps at all it's the highest grossing it is one of the is one it's like number 64 on letterboxd of all time top 250 wow that blows my head movie because it is a good no I'm not saying that it's a bad movie. I'm saying that that the, the title of highest grossing anime of all time would lead you to believe that it's pretty cookie cutter and it gets weird. It gets really weird. Not it. They're very different films. Uh, yes. Night is Short, Walk on Girl yeah, I was, Her Name. I was wondering why those two comparisons specifically. Did you just get in an argument one time about like, which you thought it's was just better. because because we both think we both love them equally like we are both obsessed with them and are frustrated that the other does not love them as much as we do <laughs> okay although jacob is a lot closer to me than i am to jacob to be fair no one can resist the charm of don underwear he's awesome i think i'm just uh a more uh reasonable man when it comes to uh watching my friend's recommendations Nope. I listened to my heart. <laughs> Your heart was wrong. You changed it. You demoted it for some godforsaken reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So your name, but another feel good movie uh, that no one no one has heard of is Local Hero. Uh, I will recommend to you. It is filmed from the 80s. It is a charming, weird, hidden gem film. It's about a, uh, a guy from an oil company who needs to go to a little Scottish town that they want to purchase to build an oil refinery there. And it's just like a little slice of life in a little Scottish town. And it's it's wonderfully uh, silly and offbeat. And it's just kind of a simple film. I wouldn't say it's anything grand or really spectacular, but it kind of wins you over. And it's, it's simplicity. Give, give you some good comfort. That's all you need. Yeah, I'll add it. I'll add it to the list the list is growing it's at like 36 films or something like that now so 35 maybe i don't remember if this is in your video brennan school of rock oh yeah it's in there it's in there okay just making sure most of Linklater's movies i I put a whole section well i was gonna talk about school of rock and some other ones like but i was like maybe eventually i'll just do a link later video so i was like i'll just wait school of rock is one of those movies that i saw as a kid and i remember as a kid thinking this is kind of dumb really and when I got, it's one of those rare cases where I hated it as a kid, loved it as an adult. Whereas usually it's the other way around. But most of Linklater's movies, School of Rock, Before Sunrise, Dazed and Confused. Yeah, I talked about they'd all Before Sunrise is like a fairy yeah. tale. So like it fits. Yeah, it is. School of Rock, yeah. It's endlessly rewatchable. It's always funny. And it's like his redemption is like super wholesome. It's good. Good addition. It is. I put I Love You Man as well. Feel like people don't talk. Yeah, you did, which is a weird choice, but I do love that movie. It's a bromantic comedy, dude. It's true. They don't exist. All I remember is them seeing uh, them at the Rush concert. 
It's so good. John Favreau is like a total dick in the movie, and he plays it so well. It's so hilarious. Worthy we're addition. Super Bad has always been one of my go-to feel-good movies as well because the thing that ending is very feel-goody. I need to watch that again. That's that's a movie I've seen. Uh, I haven't seen in a while, but I don't know why it was on my recommended, like the behind the scenes on YouTube, and I watched that. So funny. Bill Hader is so hilarious. I don't know how anyone like didn't break. Like when you have that many funny people in in the same room, that mu- that that must have been so fun. Another another great one. I'm not sure if Brandon's seen this. I know Chandler and I have seen it. We love it. Uh, Francis Ha. Francis Ha. Oh yeah. I was gonna say Francis Ha. I added ha. that to the Which list as well. Is oh, it's one of those films where you you finish it and it's not like it's not like the the kind of movie that leaves you off with. It's not a movie about happiness, not about like making you comforting you the entire time. Yeah. But it's a movie where you finish it and you just say. It's all going to be okay. Yeah, because there's so much chaos, like, I don't know, just the way the the mess gets gets cleaned up, you could say, like, like she has so much going on and like, I don't know, you you go you go out like, yeah, it's all going to be okay. That's a good way to put it. Well, you've seen yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you like it better than Marriage Story? No. Marriage Story is my favorite so far. I haven't seen all of this. Marriage Story is agree. the better one, but Francis Ha is the one I like. It's more. technically better. Yeah. I've only seen Marriage Story once because when we saw it, it was very powerful. Yeah. And I, didn't, I don't quickly want to revisit those heavy feelings again. And I will admit, on every level, Marriage Story is better. I just like Francis Ha. Mm. It's 80 minutes. I think Francis Ha is the better paced film. Probably. Well, because how can you not be better paced in 80 minutes? Francis Ha looks nice as well. I like I like the choice of making it uh, black and white. I know I've said this before on the podcast, but Francis Ha is the French New Wave film I always wanted. <laughs> Never <laughs> got. True. It's textbook Greta Gerwig. You know, speaking of Greta Gerwig, I almost added Little Women to the list, <clears throat> but there's that whole subplot about like sickness and shit. So I was like yeah no well one of the little women dies spoiler yeah and it's like super sad so i was like "Ah." it is you do leave i did leave the theater feeling it was delightful but there is it's not all the way through just comfort or like optimism you could say i don't know it's evened out because you have sister that dies bob odenkirk is their father (laughs) it's it's a happy ending i mean it It is. is Look, I don't think you can have like a the a purely a film that is nothing but happiness doesn't exist. No, yeah, definitely. Like the doesn't. fact that Paddington Two works so well is, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's thrown into prison and he's really sad. And he, they don't come to see him. And he can't get his Aunt Lucy a birthday. Yeah, present. but and if you didn't, it's different than a character dying of like a horrible disease. Oh, people die. <laughs> <laughs> that is. The people are gonna die, but you, you gotta learn to be happy. Aunt Lucy's still alive, <laughs> so you gotta you gotta treat her well while she's alive. 